what time is it now? Is that clocky not even right at the back? Quarter after eleven. So that's like twenty after six. I don't think that's. <coughs> Well, last time we were uh, at the tail end of the, looking at the new heaven and the new earth. We've been through uh, the prophets, of which we will touch a little bit uh, as we go through the last part of Revelation 21. And in uh, Revelation 21 and 22, up to verse 5, it, it catalogs the, what has become known as the celestial city, the, uh, the new heaven and the new earth, of which God has promised, which started at the birth of the church, and it is continuing to this day. But just to set in our minds, um, the imagery of the Old Testament and the New Testament um, of believers. We know in the Old Testament there was a physical temple. And we know that in the New Testament the temple was not physical anymore and people didn't worship at a certain location um, but nonetheless, the, uh, the whole subject of Jerusalem as being the uh, place where God dwelled has changed from a physical temple and a physical place uh, to a spiritual temple in every place. And that temple is the church. So let's just set our minds on a few scriptures. <clears throat> Turn to Daniel chapter 12. Daniel chapter 12 and uh, verse 3. Speaking of the resurrection, Daniel says, And many of them that sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake, some to everlasting life and some to shame and everlasting contempt. And they that, uh, they that be wise shall shine as the brightness of the firmament and that turn many to righteousness as to the stars forevermore. So he talks about believers shining as stars <clears throat> using uh, a physical... Um, Thing that we're all familiar with, stars, and differing from uh, glory from one to another. Turn to Malachi. Malachi. Of course, the abundance of those uh, are in the New Testament, but there are a few in the, the Old Testament. Malachi chapter 3 and verse 17. <clears throat> In verse 16, we'll start reading. And then they that feared the Lord spake often to one another, and the Lord hearkened and heard it. And a book of remembrance was written before him for them that feared the Lord and that thought upon his name. 
And they shall be mine, saith the Lord of hosts, in the day when I make up my jewels. And I'll spare them as a man spareth his own son that serveth him. Now this was still in the Old Covenant, but he talks about men and women as jewels. Um, Diamonds, if I could say that. That's the jewel that most of us are familiar with. And it is costly, because mostly because of the cost it is and the difficulty it is in getting it and cutting it and all of those things. And that's why it is valuable. But it's bright uh, with light that shines through it and it is clear. And there are other jewels as well. They're not just diamonds. But people are likened to jewels. And God is going to make them up. And he's going to, as it were, a jeweler takes a diamond and then he sets it in a ring. And God is as it were, going to take men and women and set them in uh, a setting. And he's going to make it up so that it's beautiful. And uh, that's, again, imagery of um, what God is going to do. Then we move into the New Testament, turn to uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Or chapter 3, pardon me, verse 12. 1 Corinthians 3.12. I think this is important to lay a foundation when you're reading the, uh, as it were, as we're going to read the last chapter of Revelation and the imagery that is there. Chapter 3 and verse 12. Start reading in verse 11. For no other foundation can no man lay than that is laid which is Jesus Christ. Now if any man build upon this foundation gold, silver, precious stones. Now, uh, Paul talks about himself as a master builder. And what was he building? Just think about it. Look at the passage and all that's there. What was he building? He was building the church. He was a master builder. He had the blueprint, as it were, the revelation uh, of the Gentiles building the temple, which is the church, right? Yeah, the house of God. Um, And then he talks about the foundation being Jesus Christ, and he's going to build upon it gold, silver, and precious stones. Now, there are people that are, I believe, converted that are seeking to build up the church of God, but in the day of Christ, it's going to be burned up. But Paul was uh, a master builder, and he was building real stones that are going to last into that judgment day. And again, the, the imagery is the temple of God being built up with gold, silver, and precious stones. 
Now, we know for sure this was not literal gold, silver, and precious stones. We, we know that. The Old Testament temple was built with gold, silver, and precious stones. But the New Testament temple is built up with souls of men that are uh, likened unto those things because they are precious and they last. They stand the test of the fire and um, they are beautiful and valuable. What is beautiful and valuable in this life is only the souls of men. When we think about it, because everything else is combustible. Everything is going to be destroyed by Christ's coming. The elements are going to melt with fervent heat. But uh, the souls of men that have trusted in Christ will endure that judgment. Turn over to uh, Ephesians chapter 2. Because we can get there into a revelation and then we can, our minds can flip and we can start to think of literal temple or a literal city, which I don't believe it is. And uh, I'll give my reasons for that. Uh, Ephesians 2.20, it says... Verse 19, now therefore ye are no more strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and of the household of God, and are built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone, in whom all the building fitly framed groweth, together groweth into a holy temple in the Lord, in whom ye also are built together for a habitation of God through the Spirit. So the church is the household of God, is the temple of God, and the apostles laid that foundation. And in fact, in the book of Revelation, we see the foundation of the holy city has the names of the apostles on it. Um, It's temple imagery, but uh, it's not a literal uh, city with bricks and mortar, if I can say that. Turn to uh, Hebrews, Hebrews 12, Hebrews 12, we've read this scripture before, but it bears reading again, but you're come in verse 22, but you're come unto Mount Zion, unto the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem and to an innumerable company of angels. So the church is the city of God. That's clear from the New Testament and from here. It's the heavenly Jerusalem. It's the people that are converted to Christ that are going to make up that temple. Turn over to 1 Peter chapter 2. First Peter chapter 2. <clears throat> to whom coming, that's to Christ, as unto a living stone, disallowed ye indeed of men, but chosen of God, and precious, <clears throat> ye also as 
lively stones are built upon us, built up a spiritual house, a holy priesthood, to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God by Jesus Christ. So, a spiritual priest, a, a living stone, it's all imagery of people. And it's spiritual sacrifices in the New Testament. It's not bloody sacrifices of the priests of the Old Testament. But the imagery, and Christ is a stone most precious. But it's all speaking of a temple, but not a physical one. A one made up of the souls of men. With Christ Jesus shining through them, as it were. Like a diamond. Um, jewelers can take a diamond and they can hold it up with some special thing and look at it and say, this is a true diamond. And then they can look at a a cubit uh, zirconium, which is a fake diamond. And they can look at it and say, this is fake. This is valuable and this is fake. By just by being a, knowing what the real thing is. But precious stones are precious because they cost a lot to get them. And they're beautiful when they are set. And that's what the church of God is. God making up his temple and his jewels. So that when we come to, um, to the book of Revelation, of which is a book full of symbols and figures and um, apocalyptic uh, literature so that we don't all of a sudden think, oh, he's talking about a literal city. Now, at the outset of this whole thing, I did say that I believe that there will be a new heaven and a new earth that can be felt. It's, uh, Jesus said, A spirit does not have flesh and bone that you see that I have. So, but he could disappear. It wasn't like his earthly body, if I could see it. uh, The body he came and took on, that body was glorified. And we're going to be made like him. So I could hardly think that there isn't going to be some kind of physical world, but I don't believe that um, the nature of it has been revealed. Turn to uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Now some people would be aghast at me saying that because it's, it's right here. It's talking about the holy city. I think it's talking about people and, uh, and the gospel and all that God has provided and everything like that. But, yeah, we're getting ahead of ourselves, and I was thinking, oh, how could I ever finish this today? But um, my wife asked me, are you going to finish? I said, I think so. (laughs) Forgive me, brothers. Like, it's it's just so much. And I get excited about it, and I say, can I just blow over this and and keep going? But um, where was I going with that now? 1 Corinthians 12. No, 2 Corinthians 12. Pardon me. Yeah, so now I start to go by memory, then I might lose it every once in a while. 
This, I believe, is instructive for us in our interpretation of our subject. 2 Corinthians 12, which I think is undoubtedly what is revealed here is instructive for us in this topic. And verse 1, It is not expedient for me, doubtless, to glory. I will come to visions and revelations of the Lord. I knew a man in Christ above 14 years ago, whether in the body I cannot tell, or whether out of the body I cannot tell. God knoweth. Such a one was caught up to the third heaven. What is the third heaven? He tells you. And I knew such a man, whether in the body or out of the body, I cannot tell. God knoweth. How that he was caught up unto paradise and heard unspeakable words which it is not lawful for a man to utter. So it would seem, where is paradise? Jesus said to the thief on the cross, Today you'll be with me in paradise. Um, What that is like, he didn't describe it to him, but it would suffice me, and I hope you, that paradise will be out of this world, literally. But here Paul says he is caught up to paradise, to heaven. And then, what was it like? (laughs) You can imagine. And he says, uh, basically, I can't talk about it. It was so wonderful, he couldn't even speak about it. It was out of this world. In more ways than one. Now you might say, well, he just wasn't given to talk about it, and John is, and etc. Given. Um, But I believe the realities uh, before us in uh, Revelation chapter 21, you can go there now. Revelation 21, we've kind of laid a bit of a foundation. We've talked about, uh, I think we're up to verse 5. And then it uh, talks about Jesus being Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. To him I will give that is a thirst of the fountain of the water of life freely. Now, we know that's not a literal fountain. Correct? Everybody knows that. But it's spoken of as a fountain because of what a fountain would mean to somebody that's a thirst. Imagine if you're in a desert place, you hadn't drank water, you're in burning heat, you're coming to a fountain. It's going to be, yeah, it's literally going to save your life. But Christ talked about a fountain in him springing up unto eternal life, living water, all of those images have a literal counterpart but only to illustrate to us of the the spiritual and then it talks about the um, in verse 9 and there came unto me one of the seven angels which had seven vials full of the seven last plagues and talked with me saying come hither and I'll show thee the bride the lamb's wife so he's going to show him the bride which we understand to be the church. In many other passages, the bride of Christ is the church. 
But then he talks about, in verse 10, And he carried me away in the Spirit to a great and high mountain and showed me that great city, the holy Jerusalem, descending out of heaven from God. So we see from the New Testament that the holy city, the New Jerusalem, is the people of God, the temple of God, a place where God dwells. And so he says, I'm going to show you the bride, and then he says, I'm going to show you a holy city. And then he goes on, and it goes on from there. I believe the holy city is the people. Notwithstanding, there will be a literal new heaven and a new earth. But the focal point is going to be God himself shining in his church, which I believe is in figure and in... That's what it is now, but it's veiled. It's not all that it will be. Uh, and, oh God, that we would come into it. All that the glories you see in the New Testament, the power to see someone changed from darkness to light, from the power of Satan to the power of God. There's so much more that we could be seeing, but nonetheless... Let us go on. So I believe that he's going to reveal unto them uh, the holy city. He's going to show John what it's going to be like. And it's going to have the glory of God. Like unto a stone most precious, even like unto a jasper stone, clear as crystal. Verse 11. <clears throat> so we talked about last time the summary of it. Seven points. Seven number of perfection. <clears throat> Talks about its light, its walls, its foundation, its, its gates, its size, its temple, and its environs or environment what it's like all factors that were part of a ancient city city had uh, lights candles it had uh, walls for protection it had foundations to for the wall the wall was very important it had gates gates were very important it kept people out that you didn't want in and it allowed people to go out that were inside gates were very important and size was um, even Babylon, ancient Babylon there's many different uh, estimations of its size some, the, the greatest being the walls were 350 feet high when you think about that that is incredible and others would, you know, the, the bottom end was 75 feet high which is still very high, but um, and the river Euphrates ran right through the center of it. So there was a river that ran through the center of the city. Why? Because you would always have water. And it isn't like the waters of today, uh, rivers of today, which are full of pollution and runoff from all kinds of things and sewage. And it, uh, perhaps downstream <laughs> might be that. But the water actually coming in would have been, if I could say, drinkable. 
also that was a water source going through that city. So in this city, you see all those things in figure. Um, and it goes through. So we'll look at those things, but it's all over the place. It talks about the gates here and the gates there and the, the wall here and the wall there. And, and he puts it all together. <clears throat> so we'll take it as such. <clears throat> First of all, it's light. Verse 11. <clears throat> It's having the glory of God, this city. And her light was like unto a stone most precious. The stone itself doesn't produce the light. But the light is the glory of God shining through that stone. And what comes out of it. But the light, the source of it, is the glory of God. Verse 23. And the city had no need of the sun neither of the moon to shine in it, for the glory of God did lighten it, and the Lamb is the light thereof. Uh, God is the light of that holy city. Verse 24. And the nations of them which are saved shall walk in the light of it, and the kings of the earth do bring her glory and her honor into it. Turn to Isaiah uh, chapter 60. Isaiah 60. All the imagery that's in Revelation 21 and in uh, 22, 5, up to 22.5 is found in the Old Testament. I'm sure you're not surprised by that. Isaiah 60 in verse 1, Arise, shine, for thy light is come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon thee. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth, and the gross darkness the people. But the Lord shall arise upon thee, and his glory shall be seen upon thee. So what's happening here is the, the glory of God is going to shine on Israel, and the Gentiles are going to come, as it were, to look. And the Gentiles shall come to thee by... By, to the light and the kings, to thy brightness of thy rising. <clears throat> Lift up thine eyes round about thee and see all they that gather themselves together. They come to thee. Thy sons shall come from afar and thy daughters shall be nursed at thy side. The same language is in Zechariah. We read it uh, last time and at the end of Isaiah. The same exact language. Nursing babies and all of that coming and, as it were, sucking off of the holy city, Jerusalem, the glorified Israel. Obviously, the centerpiece is the Messiah and what he has done. Turn, uh, Turn to Isaiah 49 while we're there. Isaiah 49. Verse 3, Thou art my servant, O Israel, in whom I will be glorified. Of course I didn't. Oh, maybe in verse 6. Verse 6. 
<clears throat> and he said, It is a light thing that thou shouldest be my servant to raise up the tribes of Jacob and to restore the preserved of Israel. And I'll also give thee for a light to the Gentiles that thou mayest be my salvation unto the ends of the earth. That's quoted by Paul in the book of Acts. The, as it were, God has lifted up his people to preach the gospel, the glorious gospel of Christ Jesus to the Gentiles, to bring them in to Israel. And we see the imagery in Revelation 21 is about a glorified Israel. Uh, really the, the best of Israel, all in one uh, city. <clears throat> Turn to, uh, or we'll look back to verse 12, back in uh, Revelation 21. So that's the light of it. The light is the glory of God. It says in in, uh, Revelation 22, 5, And there shall be no night there, and they need no candle, neither light of the sun, for the Lord God giveth them light, and he shall reign forever and ever. That's the last thing about this holy city. There will be no night, no moral night, no literal night. It's just going to be all day. There's no need of night. And the night in the New Testament is uh, spoken of as a time of evil. Remember Judas, when he was going to betray Christ, it says he went out and it was night. And the darkness that often happens, moral darkness that happens at night. The children of light are Christians. Turn to verse 12 of chapter 21. And it says it had a great, it had a wall great and high and had 12 gates and the gates 12 angels and the names written thereon were the names of the 12 tribes of the children of Israel. On the east, three gates. On the north, three gates. On the south, three gates. On the west, three gates. And the wall of the city had twelve foundations. In them, the names of the twelve apostles of the Lamb. Again, in Israel, in the Old Testament, when they set up the tabernacle, there was three tribes on the north, three tribes on the west, three tribes on the east, and three on the south. The same imagery and you had to, and each gate had a name of one of the sons of Israel. You had to be part of that nation to get in, I believe is what it's saying. And we have been grafted in to the nation of Israel. We haven't become Jews. We're still Gentiles, and we will always be. But uh, we have become part of that um, holy people, as it were. And it bears that out in the New Testament. talks about the Gentiles no longer being strangers or aliens, um, but we have become, um, as it were, spiritual Jews. Not all Israel is Israel, Paul says. <clears throat> so the, um, the wall is there on a, in an ancient city to keep people out for defense. But this wall um, is obviously not there for defense. But it's uh, emblematic. A city, an old city, had walls. 
and it's just um, glorifying that whole thing. But it's not there for protection, because there's no need of protection in heaven. Verse 17, again talking about the wall. And he measured the wall thereof a hundred and forty-four cubits, according to the measure of man, that is, of the angel. So again, the imagery, a hundred and forty-four, even in my brain, twelve times twelve. <laughs> yeah, thinking of as a kid, times tables, what a mountain for me to climb. Um, but we have a, uh, the height of it, cubits, 144. And then it goes on to talk about the city, but the wall was comparatively small to the height of the city. And we shall see that. <clears throat> and then in verse 18, and the building of the wall of it was of jasper, and the city was pure gold like Onto clear glass. <clears throat> so it had a, beaut- a wall that was for, in ancient cities, protection, but this wall was for beautification because it was full of uh, stones, jasper stones, stones uh, most precious. <clears throat> the light of the glory of God is going to shine through all of these stones. And I don't believe it's a city apart from the people. (laughs) The people are the stones in which God is going to shine through. And this is just there uh, because of the what would have been in someone's mind about a, a city. They had all of these factors, all of these things, but... The city he's describing is people. And we see that in the New Testament. Its foundations, uh, verse 14. And you can't separate the foundation from the wall. It's just all part of it. And the wall of the city had 12 foundations, and in them the names of the 12 apostles of the Lamb. Now when you go down and see the size of the wall how big it was around. It was 12,000 furlongs. Again, the number 12,000 furlongs, I think, uh, worked it out to 1,500 kilometers square. So this was a 1,500-kilometer square city, and it's 1,500 kilometers high, and then you've got this tiny little wall in comparison. And that is the imagery. And I don't believe it's a literal city. But he's basically saying that the city is vast and the number of the redeemed is going to be vast. From all ages, the redeemed are, uh, the number is going to be vast. In verse 18 and 20. And the building of the wall was of jasper, and the city was pure gold, like unto clear glass. And the foundation of the wall of the city were garnished with all manner of precious stones. And then he mentions all of them. 
God. Uh, the, so the foundation was all these precious stones. And keep in mind in the in the uh, imagery of the New Testament, stones are people. They're not literal stones. They're living stones, <clears throat> in which God is taking those and arranging His uh, temple. And verse 19 through 20, for the sake of time, um, all those stones are different colors of which when that light shines through, that uh, it would be a rainbow of colors. Uh, The redeemed, holy people, and uh, of which the light of God can shine through, clear as glass pure hearts, all of that imagery and reality shines in this city. Its gates, verse 21, and it had 12 gates, and the 12 gates were 12 pearls, every several gate of one pearl, and the street of the city was pure gold, as it were transparent glass. So again, it says it's made of gold, but it's transparent glass. What does gold look? Is gold clear or is it opaque? Yeah, yeah, unless it's really, really thin. So the imagery, though, we know that gold is valuable and glass is clear. It's an image of which a city it's just going to be shining with the light of the glory of God. And that's what's being communicated. Um, not a literal city. I believe the city will be, as it were, undescribable. Like Paul that said, I was caught up to paradise and it wasn't lawful for me to speak with them. It was, it's like telling a blind person what it is to see a prism of light or a deaf person what it is to listen to Handel's Messiah who doesn't just get about this far off the ground when you listen to that I do anyway I just classical music and all I could just stand on the top of the pews and dance around Uh, it's glorious but try and explain that imagine someone that's deaf and you're like like how far would you get or a blind person, they could feel it, you know, they could, but they just couldn't conceive of how glorious. Um, I can remember taking off out of Calgary in the airport and taking off and the plane just turned around and I saw the sun over the mountains and it was, I'll never forget that, it was glorious. But if it was blind, imagine if I was talking to the guy beside me and he was blind. How would you describe it? There's kind of like these rays of light and the snow and every Like, it would be almost impossible. You could say it's green and blue, and he was like, what's green and blue? You're blind. You can't, you have no reference point. And it's like that for the glories of heaven. But we can understand a city and we can understand redeemed souls. We can understand all of these things. And the center of heaven is going to be God in Christ. 
and the temple is going to be him and him shining through all is redeemed for all of eternity. That is what heaven is going to be like. <clears throat> its size. <clears throat> Turn to uh, and look at Revelation twenty-one fifteen. <clears throat> and he talked with me, had a golden reed to measure the city and the gates thereof and the wall thereof. And the city lieth four square, and the length of it as large as the breadth. And he measured the city with a reed, 12,000 furlongs. <clears throat> the length and the breadth and the height of it are equal. <clears throat> we don't have time, but oh, maybe we'll just look at one scripture of all the six or seven. The temple in the Old Testament, the word four square is mentioned many, many, many times. It was four square. And here, the temple is four square. It was planned. Many ancient cities, if you look at the uh, map of the old city of Jerusalem, it was anything but four square. It was all that ran along the Kindron Valley, and then it was added to at different parts of time. It wasn't four square. But the church of God is planned, and God works to a plan, and it is, as it were, perfect in its dimensions. Turn to Ezekiel 48. Because the temple of God um, is spoken of in Ezekiel. The temple uh, water comes out from the threshold in, uh, in chapter 47. Forty-seven, one, And afterward he brought me again unto the door of the house, and behold, waters issued out from under the threshold of the house eastward, for the forefront of the house stood toward the east, and waters came out from under the right side of the house at the south side of the altar. So again, he pictures a, uh, a river coming out of the temple of God. And it, wherever that river goes, it brings life. This is none other than a reference to the gospel coming out of the temple of God, the church of God, starting in Jerusalem, and it goes throughout the whole world. And wherever that river goes, it brings life. And that's the imagery there in 47 up to verse 12. Then turn over to chapter 48. Again, the temple, we don't have time to read it. But the temple will start to look at verse 30. And these are the goings out of the city on the north side, 4,500 measures. You'll find that when you read that, the city is four square. It has three gates on either side of the city. And at the very end it says, And it was round about 18,000 measures. And the name of the city from that day shall be, The Lord is there. Again, it, the same imagery there is in the book of Revelation about a city built with Israel as the, uh, the names of them on the gates and all of that um, is all pictured in 
Ezekiel 47 and 48. A river coming out is the gospel and the Holy Ghost coming out of the temple of God. And it is all spiritual in nature. I don't know about you, but this, it stirs me up to what ought to be happening with us. And, uh, we ought to see a lot more. And I'm speaking to myself, I ought to be seeing a lot more. And it's temple. <clears throat> We're getting near the end. It's temple. <clears throat> Revelation 21 and verse 22. The glory of Jerusalem was the temple. Remember the disciples saying that he showed them the, the buildings and this, the gate called beautiful and all of that. He said, see all these things, not one stone will be left upon another. That temple was destroyed. But another temple rose, as it were, out of the ashes of that. And it is still being built. And it will never be destroyed. But it's not a physical temple. It's a spiritual one. <clears throat> so in Jerusalem, the glory of the, of the city of Jerusalem was the temple. And you'll see in the, the world to come, the glory of the city is uh, God himself. And I saw no temple therein, verse 22, for the... Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are the temple of it. So God is the temple. <clears throat> and he shines through uh, all of the, the glories of that city. He shines through the walls. He shines through the gates. He shines everywhere. So there isn't a designated part uh, where you would go to um, worship. But the uh, God is the center of that uh, temple, or the center of that uh, city. <clears throat> we read already Isaiah 60, and lastly, <clears throat> chapter 22. <clears throat> and he showed me a pure river of the water of life, clear as crystal, proceeding out of the throne of God and of the Lamb. That we read Ezekiel 47, the water coming out from under the threshold of the temple. Um, again, water being the source of life. Without water, uh, everything dies. But it's the water of life. <clears throat> We're all familiar with uh, John chapter 4. He talked about uh, the woman to the woman at the well that... You, if you'd have asked me, I would have given you living water. He wasn't talking about the water that was in the well, although it was an illustration of um, what water provides. <clears throat> and it's clear as crystal, proceeding out of the throne of God and of the Lamb. It's the same imagery that's in there in Ezekiel. In the midst of the street of it, and on the either side of the river there was a tree of life which bare twelve manner of fruits and yielded her fruit every month and the leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations <clears throat> again the, this Eden as it were is 
way better than the description we have of the Garden of Eden. <clears throat> Remember the tree of life in the garden where it was only one? And um, at ultimately, Adam was ba- banned from uh, accessing that tree. <clears throat> but uh, the picture here is of... Uh, a street and lined with trees of life on both sides. And uh, the trees that we have, the fruit trees in our uh, context, they only bear once a month or once, uh, once a year. But these trees are bearing 12 manner of fruits every month. There's no, it's a picture of unbelievable abundance. Uh, I think in the Old Testament it says the uh, help me out there, Martin. The, the harvest, the, those that reap will be overtaken by you know, basic picture. Do you remember, know the scripture I'm trying? Okay. <laughs> but basically, the one year is not, you won't even expend what you've harvested from last year before you reap the new stuff. And then you're like, well, I don't need this and pitch that. It's just an unbelievable abundance of harvest. And that is uh, pictured. Again, Dave's picture there of uh, what's the the land in the Old Testament is, as it were, heaven on earth. Had enemies, but this land is uh, surpassing anything that uh, earth could offer. And that even the leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. Again, it's emblematic. The gospel is able to heal people's souls. The water of life, not literal water, uh, bringing life to people's souls. And then as the scripture began with uh, Genesis chapter 3, there was a curse upon the ground uh, because of the sins of the, our first parents. And then it says in verse 3, And there shall be no more curse, but the throne of God and the Lamb shall be in it, and his servants shall serve him. And they shall see his face, and his name shall be in their foreheads. <clears throat> We shall see God face to face where now it is, uh, that's not possible, but uh, we shall see him face to face. We see the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ, but even that is by faith. None of us have seen Christ for ourselves, uh, but we see him through faith. So then we're going to see him, Christ Jesus face-to-face. In verse 5, And there shall be no night there, and they need no candle, neither light of the sun, for the Lord God giveth them light, and they shall reign forever and ever. A fitting end to both this book and the Bible itself. When you think of all that the church has been through, 
this is the end of it all, where God's going to ultimately shine in glory in the midst uh, of his church. Uh, Notwithstanding, if you can see through it all, I still believe there's going to be a new heaven and a new earth. (laughs) But what it is going to be like, I believe we're we're yet to see. And then in summary, in summary of all we've talked about in the last three messages, there will be a new eternal home for the redeemed, both the earth and the heavens. So there will be a new heaven and a new earth. It'll be a world of new light upon which night will never fall. All evil will be forever banished to eternal hell. The number of the redeemed will be vast. The effects of sin, sorrow, and the curse will be no more. It'll be a holy place. Israel will truly shine, its foundation, walls, temple, and gates remaining undisturbed forever. And lastly, chiefly, God will be worshipped, served there forever. I think Victor, I heard, is going to. Let's strive while we're here to glorify God on the earth.